Welcome to season two of the Anatomy of an Ad podcast. I'm Amy Houston, senior reporter at The Journal. Today, I'm speaking with Leo Burnett Chicago's Global Executive Creative Director, Sam Shepard, and Executive Vice President and Head of Production, Ashley Geishaker, about their award-winning campaign titled The Lost Class, which has taken the number one spot in The Drum's World Creative Rankings Most Awarded Campaigns list. Every year, The Drum posts our World Creative Rankings list, the top agencies, top people, top creatives, campaigns in the world, and the lost class um, is number one on our most awarded campaigns list this year. So congratulations. Obviously, this is an extremely powerful and important campaign. So maybe for our listeners at home, could you describe the project, Sam? Yes, absolutely. So the, the lost class was a project that, that Ashley and I and, and our team at, at Leo Burnett, we, we worked on with it's an organization uh, started by Manuel and Patricia Oliver at Change the Ref. And they, they started uh, this, this cause um, after their son, uh, Joaquin, was, was murdered in the 2018 Parkland shooting. So we started to work with them and uh, really came up with, with this idea called the Lost Class. And... Um, and just in a, in a nutshell, it was it was our attempt to uh, to finally confront uh, the NRA, which was kind of the, the brief that that Manuel and Patricia Oliver uh, gave us at Leo Burnett. It's like how can we finally confront those responsible? Uh, in their minds, the NRA was was one of the biggest causes of of the lack of of gun violence le- legislation changing to just make uh, safer gun laws. So it's a really simple brief. How can we finally confront uh, the NRA. And so we uh, decided to focus on a number, which we found using CDC data, um, which 3,044 students, um, you know, didn't get a chance to graduate because of gun violence. Um, and that was in the year 2021. And so we, we uh, represented that number uh, with, with a really simple symbol, which was a graduation chair, right? So I don't know if you want me to go into more details about like uh, all the the kind of elements of of the stunt that we pulled off, but it really really was simple. This this graduation for for that number it was really important to us to to represent that number in a really um, kind of uh, harrowing and and important way. But that's that's where we felt like this idea uh, was different from what's been done before in the in the gun violence space. Is is who we place that image in front of? And that's that's where it wasn't just kind of the emotional representation of of lives lost, but it's it's who that image was placed in front of. And we felt for for the first time uh, the right people saw that and they saw the effects of of their work. Yeah, and obviously, you know, it's such a powerful campaign. Just the imagery alone of the the empty white seats. Um, from the beginning, was this always a kind of collaborative effort between Leo Burnett and Change the Ref? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, and it started very small. It was just very, like, very early on, really candid conversations with, with the founder Manuel and Patricia, and and they, uh, they're incredible people, and and this isn't the first thing they've done. So, like, um, the amount of, of work that they've done, like, the, the creative confrontation is what they, they keep talking about, right? I think 
Americans more and more are um, kind of desensitized to this type of thing. So they're really using their uh, their platform to try to, uh, in any way they can, use that creative confrontation to get their message out. And so uh, early conversations uh, were really personal and, and you know, for Manuel to really share their story and share their ambition. Um, I think that set the tone early on for how do we do something that's that's very unique, very different, um, and and really that's going to get talked about in a in a new way. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, the sort of unique part of this campaign is that you invited David Keane and John Lott to a kind of well, maybe you could speak to this a little bit more. But obviously, they thought that they were going to be addressing um, graduates. Um, how? How did that come about? Maybe you could speak through the process of sort of organizing that with them. And then also, what was their reaction once they realized the the sort of premise of the campaign? Yeah, Ashley, I don't know if you want to you take this one. I mean, so for, first of all, my uh, Ashley was like it's such an incredible partner on this one because production was, was such an integral part of actually pulling this off. It's one thing to have this idea on paper, but... I think it's only with someone like Ashley that she could actually start to bring it to life because it was such a ridiculous premise. So she fill us in on and how we went about it. Yeah. Well, thank you, Sam. Yeah, I'll kind of echo working with someone like Sam was critical too because, and I'll explain a little bit into the production process, but the absolute trust between creative and producer producer yeah. was something I'd never experienced before. And um, throughout the process, Sam and I really kind of leaned on each other and really trusted that we would um, kind of see this thing through and push it as much as possible, which is, you know, a bit of a rare circumstance just because of the type of creative it was. But, you know, once Sam brought me this idea, um, you know, he and I had a long conversation about the right production partners and how we could you know, make this as effective as possible. And that's when we engaged Brian Buckley of Hungry Man. Um, and we had a lot of creative collaboration conversations with him, um, as well as with Manuel and Patricia. You know, from all sides, we were all communicating and kind of developing this idea. And they brought in um, a wonderful team of folks who actually had worked with Sasha Baron Cohen before, um, including... Uh, you know, we were able to get advice from their legal team as well. So as we were trying to figure out how to engage David Keene and John Law, you know, they really kind of helped us in those conversations and bring this um, idea to life. And from that was kind of born, you know, the the school that we were going to have them giving this commencement speech too. Um, and we did we did actually create that school. And Sam, I don't know if you want to go a little bit more into kind of the um, creative background and sort of the different layers that went into kind of the language and everything. Um, yeah, and that's that's where um, so I, I talk about, like, I think for, for myself, this is a really unique project because in the past, I, I love to have like full creative control, but this I'm one... Not- we really had to trust every single partner in this. So the a, a massive piece was was Brian Buckley coming in, and and with our early conversations, one of those pieces was how do you how do you get these these prominent NRA figures to actually show up physically 
because it, it's so easy for people to elude any type of confrontation uh, on social or online. But how do you physically get them to show up in front of these chairs? And that's where Brian and Ashley and I started riffing ideas. And Brian said, well, you have to create a an actual school that they would want to come and, and speak to. And that's that's where we, we spent a lot of time researching um, just the the type of ideology and, and imagery that, that far-right groups in, in the U.S. idolize. So one of those was was the figure James Madison, one of our, our presidents, and he was the, the founder of the Second Amendment. And so he's kind of been like stolen and used in a lot of that, that vernacular on the far right. So we said, okay, well, what if we named a university James Madison Academy? Um, and so from there, the decision started to fall out of that. Okay, well, well then we have to design a, a school website um, we have to create an entirely unique look and feel in it. And it has to look like that. That university has been there for a while. Um, so we we did a ton of work with our design team. Uh, Leo Burnett has such an incredible design team with Kyle Poff leading leading the way on this one. And literally overnight, we had to quickly, quickly create a, a fully functioning school. Every single page that you clicked into had to look like even the the curriculum or the school swag, the gear that you could buy. Um, and, and once we had like the, the school identity set, that's when representatives of, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's team started to reach out on behalf of the school, started to, to reach out to the different NRA members and invite them to, uh, James Madison Academy's first ever in-person graduation, which we chose to be in, in Las Vegas for really specific reasons. We felt like it was, uh, like a little more of a, a middle ground type of a city. It wasn't was it liberal or right. It was just a, a kind of a uh, a unique place that everyone could go and and you know give a speech at a graduation, but also go and gamble a bit. So we felt like it was a, a good place to to hold the graduation. So we sent the invitations out, and um, yeah, they they accepted. Yeah, and I think just the level of detail, like you said, that you guys went into with this project. You know, creating the school and, you know, it is so hard. I mean, I think there's a part where David Keane says, follow your dreams and make it to reality. And then as a viewer, you're just faced with these empty chairs. I mean, it is kind of like two gun advocates becoming unlikely spokespeople for anti-gun violence. It's, it's so clever what you guys have done. I'm interested to know what their reaction was like once they've obviously realized, you know, what, what the campaign was actually about. Yeah, there was, uh, there was so much discussion about the right way to reveal what, what we had done. And, and I think in a perfect world, we would have revealed on the spot with like a teleprompter in front of them yeah. who they were speaking in front of. But we just, we knew that the second uh, the word was out, then we we'd face different legal challenges and we wouldn't be able to get the word out to the world in general. So we, we had a conscious decision that the first time they saw uh, the, the project was the first time the world saw it. Really? Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and so that um, I think their reaction and, and a lot of far right reaction to me was, it was a testament to the, the power of this idea. And, and also, uh, our messaging of the lost class, 
you know, uh, it really, we're just asking for for universal background checks, which which even even for the NRA is something that a lot of NRA members don't disagree with, but because they have you know that the slippery slope mandates and and they block all gun safety legislation at all cost, nothing gets passed. So we felt like our messaging was something they couldn't argue with, and even uh, David and 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 John. Uh, had like really no response, especially uh, David Keene, um, just did not comment at all. And, and John Lott, he tried to to say that we had uh, like edited and and taken his speech out of uh, out of situation, but we did it. So no, and I think it's fairly that's fairly obvious from the video as well that you know it's it's definitely not being edited and adulterated yep. in any way. Um, I wonder as well with a campaign like this, you know, how long are you guys working on it? What, what's that kind of process like? It was pretty long, Sam. I feel like you guys creatively, it took quite a bit for the creative development. I will say the production kind of getting it ramped up once we kind of knew exactly what the idea was going to be. Um, the production took a lot of planning and a lot of sort of uh, discovery within the phase. Um, of how we were going to do it, getting the right people. And then obviously once we captured uh, everything on set, we moved very quickly into post. So that part of the process was quick just because we wanted to get it out before, you know, they had realized maybe what they had they had joined. Um, but Sam, I'll let you kind of talk about the creative process and how long that... Yeah, so I start to finish. I think we we first talked to Manuel and Patricia uh, I want to say in September of of 2020, um, and then we, we launched with the Lost Class in in June of 2021. Um, and I think uh, the the creative process on this one was was probably like the most rigorous I've I've had in my career. And I I, I just think starting with a really small creative team, uh, unbelievably talented and and courageous people because. I think the guidelines that we gave our team from the very beginning uh, was was sky high. It was it was really, hey, we're not going to do any work for for this type of cause unless it's going to be totally different than anything that's been done in the space. And then another layer was because there's going to be no money behind this. How do we make sure this uh, gets talked about and goes viral and to the point where we risk. Uh, our jobs, or we we really, you know, put ourselves in hot water. We wanted that type of of catchiness and and risk involved, or else we weren't going to touch it at all. So I think it's like setting the tone from the very beginning. You don't get a brief like that very often, and, and therefore that type of thinking dictated the the rounds and rounds of reviews. We we looked at so many ideas that I think were incredible. And and would have been great, but they were just another TV commercial that made you feel sad about gun violence. And so it was really a response to a lot of the work where it's like, yeah, it's it's great craft and it's emotional, but is it telling me anything different, or is it actually doing anything? And that's that's where we uh, we went round after round for probably three months. And I think teams, yeah, teams really really worked hard and finally came up came back with this idea. And it was that extra layer they had. They had the, just a single visual of the chairs, which we saw, like, oh, my God, how powerful is that? Like, you know, 
to just simply arrange graduation chairs to look like a cemetery. Um, but the extra layer was like just a little note at the bottom of the page. Yeah, but imagine if we could actually get an NRA uh, representative to to give a speech in front of those chairs. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously a huge topic for you guys to take on. And, you know, obviously you've said it took a while to, to find the right um, approach. Once you had found that, you know, was the client on board right away? Was Change the Ref on board? Did they get it right away? You know, was it difficult to sell that idea to them? Yeah, and and so that's that's such an important piece to this because I think you know when you do anything uh, controversial or or different or pushing the boundaries, there's there's always going to be you know critiques on that. I think that's that's part of the game, and 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 that to me is the biggest defense of any critique that like we at Leo Burnett we're we're just doing this for awards. I think like Manuel Patricia Oliver leading this every step of the way was was what made this different. Like the amount of work they've done before the lost class, the amount of work they'll continue to do. So I think they were always hungry for a type of idea that finally like uh, took their term of creative confrontation to a new level. I think they were, they're always looking for, for ways to not just make an ad, but to actually make a difference and, 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 and to have something be an actual act. So I think, uh, like, I remember the first time we presented, uh, there was like, uh, yeah, we presented the last class to Manuel and Patricia. They immediately were like, hell yes, we're, we're in no matter what. And I think that that is one of the more unique responses I've ever got from a partner or, or a client, right? Usually there's a little bit of back and forth, but they almost were like, they were spearheading this the second they saw it, which, which made, uh, I think it would really made it come to life. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and you kind of touched on it there, but what, what are some of the kind of real world changes that came from this project? If there have been any, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, they're, they're, uh, just the fact that uh, this project at the time, um, it, it became the news. It wasn't just like usually when when certain ads do really well and go viral, like they might get talked about for for a second, but but for Rachel Maddow on, on CNN to to um, kind of have an entire segment, thirty minute segment of her show just about what we did, that's when we knew we we like in terms of success, we felt like that was what we were aiming for from the very beginning. How do you get to people to stop uh, just like all the other things they could be paying attention to, and so. Um, at the time, the only point that people cared about gun violence is when there was another shooting. So we we really wanted to get people to care and talk about it outside of another tragedy. So like for, from that perspective, we felt like we were extremely successful to get that type of, of coverage organically was amazing. But it, like beyond that, we started to hear all these other stories and and. And like success metrics come in, and one of those with was uh, Ashley. Uh, was it Senator uh, Swalwell? Yeah, the, uh, the Congressman house? Swalwell actually reached out to me, um, and he just through mutual friends, and he actually uh, took the video piece and he took it to a committee on the floor 
um, about gun violence and gun safety and kind of used it as a conversation piece to kind of reignite the committee to try and forge ahead with change. And I think the other thing to build on to Sam's point, you know, it was awesome that Rachel Maddow and all these people picked it up. But what we noticed that was fascinating as well is that media outlets across the political spectrum were picking it up, right? So it was, as Sam said, it was a conversation around, around gun violence um, without needing a tragedy, but it opened up that conversation no matter where you lied, sort of yeah. within the political spectrum, which I think is um, really a rarity because people knew that it was powerful and it was um, worth kind of opening up to talk about. Yeah, and and uh, t- just a, w- one more point on that. And, and again, that was such an important piece to us when we're viewing all the efforts that came before us. I think they all had their place in time and at the time, you know, were effective. But if we were being critical on, on how we, we change the game, like how do we not just talk to ourselves inside a, a, a liberal talk chamber, right? How do we not just have an emotional spot that that only uh, proponents of, of gun safety will see and, and applaud? How do, we, how do we kind of break that and start to get the type of story that even Fox News would would be forced to cover. So in, in that sense, we were successful. And the, and the last thing, I just see like the the enduring effect of this, of of how it keeps getting picked back up. So just just recently, a whole year later, uh, you know, just the Instagram post alone went viral again and was like shared well over a million times. So um, again, like so many different ways to view success. Um, but in in our minds, uh, I think the most lasting one was was uh, using our relationship with Change the Ref as kind of an open call to to other ad agencies, which I, again for us was unique because uh, other other causes in this space usually have a very um, like tight relationship with their agency, but for us we we just wanted to use this project as like a as really a call to action to other agencies that like. Hey, we're not precious about our relationship with Manuel and Patricia. If you have a, an idea that pushes the envelope even further, like, you know, who's who's next? Yeah, definitely. And it's almost interesting when you're saying that, it, that it's picked up again and it's gone viral, even though, you know, 12 months have passed. It's almost heartbreaking as well that we're still yeah. there. If, if yeah. you know what I mean, like it's still conversation that has to be had. Um. But yeah, like you were saying, it's obviously so much more than a piece of creative work. And I just wondered maybe to finish on, you know, what's the future like um, between yourselves and Change the Ref? Is there any plans for future campaigns? What does that kind of look like? It's a great question. And uh, yeah, this is obviously something that that we're really passionate about at Leo Burnett, our, our whole team. Um, and I think once you develop that relationship with with parents like Manuel and Patricia who lost their son there's there's really no turning back and there's no stopping so I think like we you know we we just owe it to ourselves to continue that fight and so going back to what you said I, I think uh, one of the challenges of, of working in this space on, on such an important topic is is how daunting it can feel at times when uh, when progress doesn't seem to be made. And I think sometimes it's easy to confuse uh, a project like this and then another shooting as like, oh, well, we failed. And 
And uh, we haven't fallen into that trap. We know that we have no choice but to continue to fight. And we feel the same way about not just our efforts with Change the Ref, which we're, we're underway and, and how we can, we can follow up with, a, with another project, but we feel the same way about other, other creatives who can use their abilities for good, right? And, and it's, it's kind of like, well, what, what can you do? Right. And, and um, again, it's, it's so easy to, to see more shootings that, that really happen all the time in the U S and, and say, Oh, well, we haven't been effective, but the only thing we can do is just continue on. Yeah. You have to keep advocating for change because there yeah. really, there's not really any other option. Is there? Yeah. So yeah. Right. That's kind of it. Thank you so much guys. I really enjoyed our conversation and yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me and you know, congratulations on the success of the project. It really was really amazing. Thank Great. you so much, Amy. Thank you, Amy.